We have a treat for you. One of the things that uh, Brett was talking about was the uh, opportunity to engage in using our collective years of wisdom. And so we have seated here, I was doing the calculations, kind of over 60 years of pastoral ministry experience. And uh, what I want to do is just ask, we can start here with Ronell. Um, why are you on this panel as we're discussing emotional health? Well, maybe not answer that directly, other than my husband told me to be here, but you know. Uh, what, is it, what is it that you do currently in the context of emotional health and, um, and explain the specific area that you're involved in as a spiritual director, as a therapist, and Donnie as a pastor? Hi, um, yeah, I'm Ronelle. Just finished a two-year certification to become a spiritual director um, and have been doing it over the two years. And yeah, spiritual direction has been a huge source of help to Alan and I, especially being leaders and in ministry. And it's primarily, um, some of the older terms for it would be sort of soul companion or <laughs> a spiritual friend. Um, and ideally, this should be happening in the church just organically, but it's not. And um, they are just tricky, tricky things in church life now that are not ideally meant to be there um, in a community of faith. And so this is a bit of a safeguard around that, uh, providing a confidential space for Christians to really explore their relationship with God. It's informed less by psychology, although that affects it. It's informed less by theology than pastoral care would be, but it, that affects it, it's, it feeds into it. It's primarily about spiritual formation. So really what I'm doing is I'm being a friend to someone and helping them to try to see what God is doing, how they can engage more meaningfully with him in the good and the bad, the ugly, the glorious in their lives. Um, so I'm really just listening and reflecting back. There's a lot of prayer, a lot of spiritual disciplines, and really just trying to center their lives around their walk with God. Um, my name is Michelle. I'm a therapist here in Orange County, and JD and I have been um, ministering in the local church for about 20 years. Um, my focus professionally is on issues of mental health. So depression, anxiety, trauma. I have a particular focus in trauma and EMDR work. Um, and so much of what I spend my time doing is working people through complex emotional and mental health issues, um, but also very passionate about the divide between psychology and the gospel getting smaller and not those two things not continuing to be seen as in competition with one another, but rather helpful, helpfully complementary to one another. Hey, I'm Donnie Griggs. Um, <clears throat> so uh, on the panel for a variety of reasons. Uh, one, the privilege of serving on the Advanced Global Team and myself and Alan um, over the last several years have been um, tasked by the team to help spearhead um, growing in emotional health uh, across our movement. And so that's included everything from taking up a massive offering, you know, helping, you know, empower leaders within the movement who are, you know, who are getting skilled up in this and helping people in the movement who need help. Um, so there's all kinds of things there. So I'm here for that. 
Uh, also, as Nick mentioned, I'm a pastor. Uh, we led, we started, Jill and I started a church called One Harbor 14 years ago. And in those 14 years, I've had a lot of experience pastoring people through hard, sad, traumatic stuff, um, as, as, you can, as you all can identify with. Um, and um, also have a lot of experience referring people in our church to um, other resources um, that have been beyond our scope and are kind of currently wrestling through all that. And then thirdly, I think another reason I'm on this panel is because I am a pastor who is also seeing a therapist and have been for the last year. Um, so I was on about an eight or so year journey trying to go through what would be, I think, spiritual director type resources um, and just really came to a place where I recognized, man, there's some stuff here that is just beyond uh, the help of my really good friends and really good mentors and all the rest. Um, and so that started about a year ago. I started seeing someone um, a licensed uh, therapist and at the end of the year we realized this was back in the fall that um, and this is my first time really talking about this so I'm not really sure how much I'm going to talk about it to be honest but um, I'll just you know we're all friends here but realize what, what I'm what I've got is, is complex PTSD um, and a severe addiction to adrenaline and so a lot of that comes from a, like a really traumatic childhood um, and in addition to that uh, for the last seven years I've served um, as the only volunteer in our county um, with the first responders. And so um, I respond to a lot of traumatic events and um, being in a small town, a lot of the people I respond to are people in our church. Um, and so that's a lot of suicides, a lot of overdoses, a lot of really crazy, sad stuff. And it has had a serious effect on me. And so anyway, um, reckoning with that and getting some help. And so maybe some of this, I can speak to some of that too. Thanks for that, Tony. Um, what are some of the questions pastors should be asking um, in order to best determine how to help someone that is um, in a specific situation from any of your perspectives? Because I think as Donnie was saying, it's, it's been a journey for him to come to a place of actually saying, I, this is actually what I think I need. As pastors and leaders, we're in a situation where we're like, how, what are some of the questions we should be asking when people come to us um, anyone want to take a hit at that? Yeah, so I, I want to just say too, I'm on a team. So while I, I'm the, I have the privilege of leading a team, I'm on a team. And, and just so you guys know, you know, we're wrestling through this as a team. Um, and there are some really gifted people in our church. Some of them are in this room um, who are way more skilled up on this area than me. We, are, we also work really closely with some local um, Christian therapists and counselors and uh, have a really good partnership with them. And it's a, it's a real conversation. Like in the next couple of months, I bet I'd have a, a, a better, more clear answer on this as we're really seeking to gain perspective on that. Like kind of where's the line, you know? And it's, it's, but I would say, I mean, it's felt really case by case. We have been slow to fall into the everyone must go see a professional thing. Um, you know, that, that's not, I, I don't think that can't be the thing we should do because that's not actually something that every church everywhere in the world can do. And so, um, there's got to be, there's got to be some, you know, um, what's the scope there that actually can be dealt with and should be dealt with within the local church. Um, but I think kind of in, in pastoral conversations um, through the years, we've gained a sense of we can start to tell when this is bumping outside of um, our scope of expertise um, and in close partnership with, with uh, resources, you know, that we trust has really helped us even better identify moments where it's like, hey, it might be helpful for you to, to, to go see someone else. And, and then even there, we've got to just, we're just blessed in that. We've got a real good partnership with these other um, 
with these other resources so that we don't, we're not sort of passing off the pastoring. Um, we've been able to kind of navigate that and keep pastoring people while, while getting them maybe some more specialized help. Um, are you asking specifically about referring out? Um, I agree that I prefer when the first thought from a pastor is not to refer out. Um, not because, I mean, that's a terrible marketing strategy for me as a therapist. But truthfully, um, it, there's, I have the prayer of Daniel from Daniel 2 in the front of one of my folders that where he's he's about to give wisdom to Nebuchadnezzar and he says, he's praying to the Lord and he acknowledges who God is and then he says, um, you see into dark places and you reveal hidden things because there is light in you. Um, which is actually true of all of us here in this room. And so if every pastor were to give up the opportunity to reveal maybe what is hidden in dark places or bring light to a situation, um, that's great job security for therapists, but it really doesn't actually serve the church that well. And so, and honestly, not just pastors, but actually all saints in the body should um, be tapping into uh, the Lord, giving them wisdom to reveal things that are in dark and hidden places, and then bringing light to those things. And a lot of that can happen between two saints. Um, and then I think, as Donnie's saying, there's a lot of wisdom in referring out for things that lay beyond the scope of a saint who hasn't been trained in certain clinical things like a complex, complex PTSD presentation. That would be a reason to refer out. But um, to stop first and ask, do I have access to wisdom for this person before referring out? So, Ronell, you mentioned that a lot of these things should be happening in, in a sense. Um, you, you have the job you have because part of, part of what isn't happening is that we aren't developing true spiritual friendships in the context of the church. How could we get better at that? I think we make the mistake of thinking of church as the place you've got to show up and have your stuff together. And so we masquerade in front of each other a lot of the time, trying to impress each other how well we can cover our brokenness and sin. And it's just a disservice, you know. Um, uh, we put that on leaders, we put that on each other. Um, and I think just the security of, I think the major piece is the confidentiality piece. If we could get better at actually protecting each other's confidentiality when someone shares something with you, I think people would be doing this more. But the fact of the matter is in churches, Right now, that is not a, a sure thing. Um, so that, I would say, is something we could work on as believers, is just saying we will keep confidence. Um, the other piece is I think I have felt personally before doing this a little afraid of, especially pastorally, because your time is limited. There's a primary thing you have to do, um, and I've been scared to open up a can of worms that I can't see through to the end because, you know, as a you know, someone on a pastoral team, I want, to, I want to be able to be responsible and I don't want to start this with a person, they're vulnerable with me and then I've got to hand them off to someone or I can't actually give them the time they need and what am I opening up? Um, and so I think part of the thing that's nice with spiritual direction is that you can start with actually just being a safe place where someone can figure out what's going on in their soul. So just a space where it's quiet, um, and they can talk, they know you will keep confidence, 
but at that point they can figure out what they need. Maybe they need something more. They might need a more acute pastoral care, which involves actually biblical wisdom, things they can do, steps they can take. Um, they might actually need some real clinical help. Um, but I think it's been a freedom to me realizing I don't have to, I can actually be just the space where I'm saying, let's see what God has for you next. Let's see what God's doing. What, how is he wanting you to engage with him? Um, and so I think if we could do that in our communities in a way where people can bring the very ugly parts of themselves, not be afraid that that'll jeopardize um, even what Sam was saying last night, just to be able to bring your whole self to a person in the church and be able to be vulnerable about it and know that they will treasure that and be careful with it and find the help that you need, um, I think that that would be a fantastic start. Um, but yeah, there's, and then there's obviously moments that you can take it further. So I think part of befriending the emotional side of people in our communities is, is the key because I personally grew up in a, a home and a faith and a church history where we were a little nervous about the emotional side. Um, and that's tough because people live there. So yeah, to be able to help people bring their emotions into the light, to befriend their emotions and realize that their emotions are telling them something that God wants to deal with. They, they're your dashboard on your car. They, they're the warning lights. They're the you know, your fuel is full, your fuel is low. It'll, your emotions will tell you what's going on. I was talking to someone the other day. He said to me, why would I tell someone something about me that they will weaponize and use against me, if not next week, then next year? It's a horrible thing to hear. It's unfortunately something that's happened. Um, and I think if we are to create a culture of confession within the context of our communities, confidentiality has to be a real key. Um, as a therapist and director, what would you wish that pastors could be better at in terms of, okay, this could be a very long conversation. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, but in terms of trying to find a way to work in, um, you know, with each other instead of this idea of working in competition against each other, as a director and as a therapist, what is the one thing or a couple of things that, that you wish that we, that we could understand a little bit better about what you do and the nature of people, etc.? I'll start just by saying that I, I feel like part of it is understanding that nobody's trying to replace each other here. I, I feel um, just, yeah, a sense of huge help by people who are in different disciplines in the church and actually that we can partner together to make this not as overwhelming on pastors. Um, just because if your pastor has to be a therapist and a spiritual director and the mentor and the coach, it's just an unwieldy mantle to be carrying around. And I think that's why we have so many pastors who are now on sabbatical thinking of quitting. Um, and so I think part of it is actually just that, that I, as a spiritual director, I'm not now when I talk to Alan Pastorley going, well, you could be a better spiritual director when you're pastoring. I'm actually thinking, how can I bring what I bring so that he doesn't have to bring that? Um, and so I think that that shift could be helpful. It's not that therapists are going, well, you can speak to this, Michelle, but it's not that a therapist going, all oh, these pastors, they have no psychological theological like, training. They don't know what they're doing. She is appreciating the fact that you are pastoring. Um, and so I think that is, first of all, the, the key, to see each other as helping each other to be members in this body. 
Um, one thing that comes to mind, hopefully this comes out right, is um, the difference or the, the interplay of connection and correction. So I think why therapy has been so popular is because people feel the empathy piece in the room. They feel seen and heard, and, and I know that that can go to unhelpful places. But in a, sometimes in a pastoral context, we see the distress and we're, we're quickly discerning that the, at the core of your distress is unwise living. And so I'm gonna help correct your thinking and behavior on that and hopefully that will ease your distress, which I, I don't think is always a bad formula. But often I'll receive a client who did try to start first with a pastor and felt really missed by the pastor, not intentionally, but we are, we are people who quickly were solution focused. So we'll often go to correction um, before we've done a good job of connection. Um. I guess, Donnie, for you in, in your context, what prevents people in leadership and, pastor, and pastors from simply just becoming referral agents um, in a sense of like, ah, oh, too much, ah, oh, too complicated? Um, how, how do we process that properly? Easy. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I... I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the, like the simple answer to that question. I, I do think we have to watch out for the way that the pendulum just swings, you know? And so we went from having no help, quote unquote, um, and just being burnt out and overworked to going, let's swing the pendulum and just sub out everything, you know? And, um, and so I, I, yeah, I think, I think there is something to be said for like reckoning with like, what is it like, at what point are you abandoning your post, you know, like as a shepherd? Um, we don't want to like subcontract out pastoring. We're not professional speakers. Um, we're pastors. And so I think really understanding, having a strong theological grid for what you have said yes to, what you've been called to, helps a lot with that filter um, because we will answer to a chief shepherd, you know, for how we did our work. And so, um, so I think that's a big one. And then I think self-awareness and Ego is another side of this too. It's like when you think you can solve everything, well, that's a dangerous place to be in, you know? And, and so um, I think a recognition that we need help uh, and then um, also reading ourselves that we're not, you know, so exasperated or whatever that we just wanna, you know, dump off every difficult situation. Um, I mean, that's not being faithful to, to what we've been called to. So I think it's a, it's a tension to manage. I think it's a tough one, you know? Um, one of the helpful things uh, that we have found in our context as we've been working this out is um, even as a leader and as a pastor, one of, the, one of the first things we do when we sit down with someone is, who else are you seeing? What are you seeing them for? And what have they already said? Man, you can avoid a lot of cul-de-sacs if you just ask those questions. Um, and it's been a gift to us because um, within our context, we have relationships that we trust. 
Um, and um, Michelle, maybe you can speak to this in terms of the whole area of confidentiality, in terms of legalities, but also confidentiality in terms of direction. Like, how can we more effectively pastor for the whole person, knowing that you are their therapist and I am their pastor, you are their director and I'm their pastor? How could we do that more effectively? Um, can I quickly speak to the referral thing? Um, one thing that could be helpful is, and this doesn't speak to the whole thing, but sometimes asking why I'm tempted to refer can be really helpful, why I as a pastor. So is it um, a confidence issue? I haven't skilled up, so I'm not able to do this. Is it an appropriate referral, like this is a clinical thing? Or is it that, because I don't know that a lead pastor of every church should also be the primary counselor. I'm not sure that that's attainable. But have we prioritized this on a staff or eldership level so that we have in-house counsel where this person wouldn't actually need to go see a therapist, but we actually have prioritized training and skilling our people up so that this could still happen within the context of the church? Um, what was your other question? Okay, better partnership and confidentiality, yeah. So I think understanding that the two frames are different, the frame for clinical work and the frame for pastoral work, they do look different from each other, but they do complement one another. Um, and I think sometimes you can maintain confidentiality while also consulting with one another. You and I have done that before on clients, and I've done that with other pastors in the room where there's a quick... 20-minute call that can actually bring a lot of wisdom to a situation, not saying I'm wise, but wisdom collaboratively um, without breaking any confidentiality and collaborating with one another on what does it look like to point this person to wisdom and what does it look like to help this person with their distress? We're out of time, but uh, um, there's this quote I just uh, want to butcher. It's from Augustine. He says that wisdom is not simply self-knowledge, which is, I think, one of the areas that we have lacked over the years and how the pendulum has actually said, do you even really know yourself and what's happening within yourself? But that knowledge, that knowledge of self in submission to the knowledge of God. And uh, I just want to pray for us as we go out to lunch. Can I do that, Joel?